What's going on, guys? It is time for another episode of the College Football Degenerates Podcast. I'm here with Michael. How are we doing today? Uh, I'm doing good, man. Uh, college football is really back, man, and it's amazing. Uh, how can you not love college football? Um, no, it's- Deion Sanders, man. We're going to talk a lot about him in Colorado. It's Statement something special. Game. Statement game from Colorado. That was. Definitely the best game of the weekend, which sadly enough was not that hard to be. But we'll get into that. We'll, we'll get into it was, all that. It was definitely up there. It's definitely a hundred percent. But yeah, Michael. Before before we get into week one, um, give me give me your favorite give me your favorite moment from week one before we get into the game. Uh I mean there were so many great ones. I mean just the like. I, you know, I have like two big ones. Okay. I think it was in that TCU Colorado game, and the, one of the assistant coaches—I don't know who it was—but he was there with Dion. Uh, he was crying, man, and that was special because, you know, I doubted Colorado. I still have my questions about them, but that win was special. It means something to them. Uh, college football, you know, everyone's talking about realignment. It's been a big talk and how it seems now, especially with the clock change, which I might talk about later. I think we should um, when we're going over games. But it seems like college football is moving in a direction where the people in charge only care about money. And this shows that there are still, I mean, people like – College football matters to a lot of people. It's not just to the fans. It's the students who are playing it, the athletes, to the coaches. I mean, this means something, man, and that was really special to see. Uh, I was a bit – and then the other one, man, when Riley Leonard, he broke off that run. That was crazy. That was crazy. That was one of the greatest runs ever, man. Oh, man, we had an amazing week of college football. Uh, Some of the games may have not lived up to the hype. Some of them, you know, but – Man, it's just great we have college football. You know, I'm gonna for me, I'm gonna go to two moments that aren't so obvious. So when we talk about the other ones, I can give my full opinion. Number one, Baylor going down to Texas State. I, I love seeing a group of five school get a win, and Texas State quarterback looked really good in that game. I want to throw that TJ out there, Finley. but undoubtedly the best moment of the whole weekend for me personally. Besides the Colorado game, I mean that was that was my favorite game of the weekend, undoubtedly. And Michael, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need silence, and then you can give a rebuttal. Is that fair? I know what you're gonna say. Is that gonna no, say. no? I'm asking if that's no, fair. I, I'm yeah, fine, it's just say it. Okay, okay. okay. Just say it. Every episode coming into this, Toby, Texas Tech, over seven and a half wins. Toby, Texas Tech, this. Toby, Texas Tech, dark horse to win Big Twelve, and what? does wyoming do double overtime victory with an absolute dot to end the game on fourth down oh my gosh michael how did that make you feel on the one hand it sucked on the other hand i'm not surprised at all i kind of did i was i predicting them to win yeah i did i did think texas tech was gonna win is it a surprise they lost? No, I knew going into the game that Texas Tech had lost their last 12 season openers outside of the state of Texas. 
two was not a surprise. I still oh, think yeah. they're going to hit that seven and a half. I, you know, people are people at the end of the year. They're going to like, hey, this is not the same Texas Tech team that lost to Wyoming. They're they're an actually really good team. Uh, it'll probably happen in that game against Texas. People are going to be talking about, oh, hey, Texas Tech. You know, this is not the same team that lost them, and you know. That's the thing. I mean, it happens every year. There's always a team that ends up we're thinking is going to look good. They let down early, and then they get back to that, but everyone has sold their stock on them too early. And I say, if you're a Texas Tech you know, believer, don't sell your stock too early. You know? Cause, no, I, um, I think they could still do some damage. I think uh, they damage. I, I mean, right. hey, if... If the rest of the um, the Big Twelve is any, you know, it looked like they did in Week One. I mean, it wasn't really good for the Big Twelve. The the hateful eight, as they call them, the non-Texas, non-Oklahoma, and non-new expansion teams. Uh, they went four and four, and their four wins were against FCS opponents. So, no, I'd um. I'd have to agree. Moving on to um, just some big takeaways from week one. Let's just give some brief thoughts on this. Number one, biggest storyline of the whole week. Possibly one of my favorite one of my favorite wins ever and games to watch. Colorado beating TCU. Shocking the world. Dion getting it done. I'll just give some quick thoughts and pass it on to you. Um, I think Colorado has two people. That could be a Heisman finalist this year. Yes, that's an overreaction. Maybe I more so think Travis Hunter could win it. I mean, we've never seen that before. Dare I say the Shohei Otani of college football. 110 plus snaps. Didn't really seem fatigued whenever he was on the field. I think his best play that I haven't seen talked about, besides that interception on the goal line, they were 3rd and 16 down 4. Sure, Sanders, as great as he was, just chucked it up. And Travis Hunter went and made a play. Moving on to Shadur Sanders. I mean, I can think of one pass where the pass was a little bit in front of the receiver. But besides that, I can't really think of anywhere on the field where he had a miscue on Saturday. I mean, he threw the ball not only accurately, he threw it where it should have been thrown each play. I mean, he found his guys. His pocket presence was great. And then... I want to give the most props to this guy because for some reason he was the least talked about. Dylan Edwards, true freshman, four touchdowns, four touchdowns. I mean, unbelievable game. The Dion hype is real. I could honestly, after watching the way they both played, I could see Colorado beating Nebraska by 20 plus. I don't want to overreact because again, that was probably the best Colorado team we'll see. I don't know if they're going to have a performance like that every week, but I don't think the Nebraska game is going to be close. As far as TCU goes, yeah, as far as TCU, just quick thoughts. Um, I thought they were overrated when they came in at 17. You do have to rank, you know, the runner-ups to the national championship. But I thought Chandler Morris played good. I actually thought the offense played really well, but that defense, man, I mean, each defense played awful. But, I mean, goodness, I mean, whether it was first down bombs or fourth downs, I mean, they couldn't, they couldn't stop anything. Um, 
I'm interested no, to see yeah. thoughts. Uh, what What are your takeaways from this game? Yeah, uh, you know, I like TCU uh, coming into the season. I thought they were, you know, losing a lot, but I thought they would bounce back. Uh, yeah, I mean, the TCU defense was horrible. Um, you know, I, I don't know, maybe Georgia broke them or something. I don't know. But, like, constantly were, you know, just having three people on the line. And then they're second. So they have all these secondary members, secondaries out there. And they're just giving up all, so much space. I mean, that's basically what it was. I mean, Colorado just kept on getting chunk play after chunk play after chunk play. I don't I mean, I, some scheme issue, some, like, play. I mean, you got to have a little bit more pride when you're going out there, in my opinion. It was pitiful. Uh, Chandler Morris, I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't care for him too much. I thought, obviously, those two interceptions in the red zone were really bad. Um, I don't know how he was ever the starter over Max Duggan compared to what we saw from Max Duggan. I mean, it's, it's night and day. Uh, I I did not like TCU's play calling either. Um, every the what would work in this game was just running the ball. Every time they'd run the ball, they'd get a good game. Uh, and mind you, they don't have. Keandre Miller anymore, and they lost multiple starters from that offensive line. And they were still, against that Colorado team, were rushing really well. And every time they'd do that, or they would throw like a screen, like getting it out to like the boundaries usually would work, you know, and I'm not the biggest fan of that style of play, but it worked. And every time they would do that, or they'd run the ball, they would just go back to doing what wasn't working. Uh, and it would lead to them uh, having the punt or settle for a field goal or whatever. But it just wasn't, you know, good. Um, and so CCU did not play a good game. Uh, Colorado, you know, for a game that it was as close as it was, Colorado felt like they were the better team because they were taking advantage of mistakes that uh, TCU made, and they were make, taking advantage of um, uh, mismatches. You know, everyone's going to talk about Deion Sanders, and rightfully so. He's the reason why Travis Hunter and Shador Sanders and Dylan Edwards are on the team. But uh, what's it? Sean Lewis is named the offensive coordinator, which is, in my opinion, one of the biggest uh, gets for Colorado this season. He was a head coach at Kent State, and as a Georgia fan, they – Kent State was pretty decent, you know. They were better than TCU, okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and at least in our game. But um, and Sean, getting Sean Lewis was a massive get for him, and he's their offensive quarter. And he, he drew up an amazing game, uh, you know, with the this pace of play and just getting it to people like uh, um, Dylan Edwards, like Travis Hunter, like Jimmy Horn Jr., the transfer from USF. Um, getting it to the playmakers, which TCU just seemed like they weren't. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, but pitiful game from TCU. I'll have to, again, this is just off of week one, but I know we'll have to look at them in a few weeks. But I don't know. I mean, great win for Colorado, obviously. But I think TCU, I mean, they just made so many mistakes in this game. 
that yeah, it's like, I man. I was trying to warn people. I was like, all of those games last year, not a big one with Doug in. Or, and then while they lost others to the draft as well, the TCE team of last year and Jurassic different. And I honestly feel bad because I think the expectation too high. Now, yeah, we did not know Colorado would be that good. But Yeah, and we didn't know TCU was going to be that bad. People bringing up the fact that Colorado just beat uh, a team that went to the college football. That is not the team that went to the college football playoffs, okay? Uh, oh, Quint well. Johnston is not there, okay? Quint Johnson was a massive impact. Uh, if Quint Johnson wasn't on that TCU team, they don't make the playoffs. They don't oh, beat Michigan. Yeah, I mean, that, that one run, that one, yeah. Uh, the point is, the one Michigan, the, the yeah, that one, yeah, that was yeah, it was like third down when they got him on like a, a drag, you know, and he just beat like his man, like a little bit, like broke the tackle and just outran everyone. It was ridiculous. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm excited to see Colorado next week against Nebraska. Uh, I understand what you're saying about them, you know, uh, winning by a lot, and I definitely could see it. But I mean, I at the same time, the whole atmosphere of a Colorado yeah, that game. too. I, I mean, ever said that four hundred dollars a ticket? That's, I mean, that's ridiculous. That's what I'm saying. It's gonna be crazy. Um, moving on to a team who dare I say made equal of or more of a statement than Colorado, and you're gonna think I'm crazy, and I'm not talking about the whole team, but this team. Let me just say. I guess I'll give it away right now. The defense of this team had borderline more questions than Colorado going year. As crazy as it sounds. Oh, and yeah, I know what you're saying. They exceeded, I mean, they blew me away. Of course, I'm talking about UNC. Nine oh, that was a great one. Sacks. And here's the even crazier stat. And again, this is like very, very hard to do this. South Carolina, if you include Spencer Rattler, Dakari and Joyner, and their other two running backs. They combined for 31 rushes. Again, I know the sack yardage, but Spencer Reller did get into open space sometimes. 31 rushes, and the average was negative 0.1 rushing. I don't want to harp mm. on this too long, but the questions about UNC's defense... I think they're answered, although South Carolina has some serious offensive line issues. Yeah. I think they don't even need defense as good to to take a run at, at at least the ACC championship because Drake May is him. If you talk to me about the two interceptions, I don't want to hear it. This is one of the first times I can say neither of them really were his fault. Maybe some questionable yeah. decisions where he went with it, but both of them were tipped and could have been caught by the receivers. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that first interception was iffy. The second one, man, if you're a receiver, you got to come down with that, man. You just oh catch God. the ball, man. Like, that's bad. That was bad. The first one, I didn't like the placement on the ball. Yeah, it was a little tight. I think he should have gone elsewhere. Second one, come on, man. That, that's ridiculous. I and, know, and, and the, craziest, the craziest part, which was not the part that I thought would decide the game. First of all, Spencer Rattler moved. Ball. Spencer Rattler had almost 400 passing yards, great completion. You know, his QBR wasn't great because of what he couldn't do, which is what I'm about to say is South Carolina has had one of the worst red zone offenses I saw of the entire weekend, which is crazy yeah, to say, but I'm going to say it. They moved the ball a good amount of the time with somewhat ease when they needed to. 
I mean, they could not, not only did they not finish inside the red zone, they would end up being like long fourth and goals or fourth and 17 that they'd have to go for late in the game. And it's just not what I expected. Like I said, the the floor and ceiling of Spencer Rattler and this team could be very high, could be very low. They showed what happened low. And I just, this was shocking, not as competitive as the game as I thought it'd be. It was really disappointing, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, and another really big thing, I mean, you talked about it with the uh, with South Carolina's rushing attack and how bad it was uh, versus North Carolina and their offensive line. On the other end, it was bad, too. I mean, this was something we knew heading into the game, if you watch any South Carolina football. South Carolina could not stop the run last year. And, I mean, you look at it. You look at the stats for this game. Uh, North Carolina had uh, 168 to negative two rushing yards. Okay, uh, they had 168 rushing yards. Uh, British Brooks had 100 rushing yards last uh, on that game. 6.9 nice yards per carry. I mean. If you're giving up six point nine yards, seven yards a carry, you're not going to to a running back for fifteen carries. It's going to be harder to win a game because that's a lot of yards. I mean, they're basically that means they're going to be picking up almost, or they're going to, and some of them are going to be more than it. They're picking up a first down every time they hand it off to British books, or it's second and three. Okay. You know, you're not going to win too many games if you keep on getting into second and three. That's bad. Um, so, I don't know. We'll have to see further on if it's North Carolina's defensive line was really good or Clemson's offensive line was really bad. I think it's probably a little bit of both. Um, but, man, North Carolina looked legit. Um, they showed up in a big game. And there I say, if they if they can get Tez Walker back you know the ncaa can do the right thing and let tez walker play i i you know i think they're in that acc championship game with the question marks next to clemson and i don't know i mean they look interesting to me no yeah i'd um i'd agree and you know to everyone listening you're probably thinking you know, you're probably going to go through a couple other great games like the Florida State game or something else like that. And funny enough, me and Michael, we want we want to get a look at a lot of these games. So we have one of our first brand new segments, which is called Overreaction or Just About Right. We're going to talk about some games right. and, just, and our takeaways from them. And then I'm just going to ask Michael. Now we're going to flip who, who asked. This week I'm going to ask Michael. We're just going to say Overreaction. We're just about right. And Michael, we're just, we're just going to be quick about this. I'm going to go game okay. by game, takeaway that I saw. And then, so yeah, so number one, overreaction or just about right? Texas will beat Alabama this week after the performance versus Rice, specifically with the little bit of struggle they had with the deep ball with Quinn Irish. Because again, I'm not going to look at the Rice game, the, the score differential. We expected that. I was looking for them to execute on some things. That I didn't totally see. They had some really, really interesting offensive flaws in the first half that they covered up a little bit. But with, with the run game and with, with the deep ball flaws, do you think that will be fixed? And do you think Texas will beat Bama on Saturday night? Overreaction or just about right? Um, 
I don't know. I I think Texas will look good. Uh, I think against Alabama, I think Quinn Ewers will show out. I'm not sure if they win. So I predicted them to win. I'm a little bit more hesitant. What I'm going to say is I think Texas will cover the minus seven and a half. But I think the people that are saying Texas's uh, deep ball will not be there. It is an overreaction. I think uh, they have the receiving talent, and I think Quinn Ewers will go out there and prove some doubters wrong. And if he doesn't, we'll talk about it next week. All right, moving on. Overreaction or just about right. Florida State will make the college football playoff this year. I think that's justified. I think that's justified. I didn't have Florida State in my um, original four. I thought they were going to lose to LSU. They would beat Clemson in the regular season, and then but end up losing to Clemson in the ACC championship game. If the Florida State that showed up uh, on Sunday shows up for the rest of the season, they're going to win it. Not just make it, they're going to win it. Wow, wow, okay, okay. Now, do I think they're going to show up? No, because every team looks different from a week-to-week basis, okay? I don't think Keon Coleman is going to have, how do you have, three touchdowns? I don't think he's going to have three touchdowns against Georgia. I don't think he's going to have three touchdowns against Michigan. I don't think he's going to have three touchdowns against Alabama. So there's some questions. There was also in the first half some play, but the point is Florida State, if they show up like that, they're going to make the college football playoffs. They look legit. So you're going to say just about right for Florida State then? It's just about right. All right, next. I actually don't feel like the answer is going to be too difficult on this. After the very weak performance this past week and the serious struggles, Overreaction or just about right, the Ohio State starting quarterback position is in serious doubt for the future of the season. I think that's a bit of an overreaction. I don't think we saw enough to say, oh, it's in trouble. They'll be fine. Uh, Kyle McCord looked like a guy making his first career start. Uh, Now, Indiana's not very good. But I think their offense will uh, get into shape by, you know, hopefully by the Notre Dame game. Because if they're not, uh, then then we're gonna have to say uh, it's not it's a it's justified. It's not an overreaction. But right now, I think it is an overreaction. I think uh, Ohio State's offense will be fine. All right, uh, moving on. Talking about a team you just talked about, Notre Dame will beat. Either USC or Ohio State, after what they've shown so far, overreaction or just about right? I think that is, I think it's just about right. I mean, uh, you know, I, while Ohio State's defense looked good, um, and, you know, I still have questions about them. And USC's defense is always going to have questions. I would not be surprised if Notre Dame. Uh, who I I believe both of those are home games. Let me look it up to be sure. Um, Actually, while you look that up, yes, I they are both. Out, um, okay. That 
going into the year, just on paper, I was looking at it. I was like, USC is so much better of a matchup for Notre Dame than Ohio State is because the type of football that Notre Dame wants to play, they can play against USC. They can play a physical type defense and have Sam Hartman to, you know, take away the offense and score that way. But now I'm almost looking at the Ohio State game. And again, probably an overreaction from how they played Kyle McCord first start. I actually see them more likely to win that game. Yes, Ohio State's defense was great, but, I mean, Ohio State couldn't do anything against Indiana's defense, let alone a good defense in Notre Dame. So, I just want to point out, I actually could see Notre Dame winning both of those games. But, again, not not to take away from what you're saying, um, did you find out if both those games were home or not? Yes, they are both home games. Interesting. Uh, I think, you know... Yeah, definitely interesting. I think uh, Notre Dame has a real chance of beating one, if not both, if they're able to run the ball like they want. And if if Sam Hartman can go out and show they're legit, especially if it's an Ohio State team that has not figured out their offense yet, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Devin Brown started getting some snaps, you know, and you got a real quarterback controversy. People bring it up, you know, I disagree with the statement that uh, if you have two quarterbacks, you have uh, you have zero. Uh, that doesn't make sense. But if you're in the middle of the season and you don't know who your starter is, okay, then it kind of makes sense because then it's a problem. You know, if you're in the pre, if you're, you know, the preseason, you know, you're in uh, the spring game or you're in fall camp and you're still having a quarterback battle, that's fine. Week one, week two, maybe. But if you're later into the season, you still don't know who your starter is. That's kind of a problem. Um, And USC's defense, uh, it looked better against Nevada. That's not saying much. Um. but I think it's a real question. I, I would not be surprised if Notre Dame beat one of them. All right. So we're just going to say just about right. Um, yes. Before we go to our next one, I, I just want to point out when you talk about the double quarterback, I think Auburn's going to be a force to be reckoned with this year. I mean, Robbie Ashford with the running, Peyton Form with the throwing, that team looked good. And again, they were playing a bad team on Saturday, but that team looks dangerous. I think it's going to be really hard to game plan for that team. So, um, just something to look out for, but overreaction or just about right. Drew Aller is the real deal. Uh, I came into the season thinking he was real. Um, and after that one game, I think he is. It, uh, it's just about right. Uh, it's not an overreaction. Drew Aller looked, uh, quite good against, uh, West Virginia. I pull up their stats right now. Um, I, he looked great. Um, and I will say, I thought it was funny uh, with the whole covering the spread and all that. But yeah, I mean, look at his stats uh, 21 of 29, 325 passing yards, uh, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, in the past, Penn State has looked like a team that was good, but any like big games, especially like kind of evenly matched or teams that were you talent wise are better, my Penn State has fallen. You know, in the big lights. You know, when the game, uh, you know, the bright lights. Excuse me, when you know the big in the big games. 
Drew Aller looks like the quarterback that could lead them to some big wins. Um, you know, while I think Ohio State will look fine, I still think Penn State's probably going to beat them. You know, because I, I, you know, I was coming into the season thinking that Penn, uh, Ohio State's offense is going to look good, and I still had Penn State beating them. Uh, I think he's legit. Uh, so yeah, it is justified. Drew Aller is the real deal. All right, moving on to our last two. Okay. First off, I want I want to I want to say this. Excited to see what you think about this. Even though they played one of the worst Florida teams I've ever seen. With I mean, I I just want to throw it out there. I did bet Florida money line with Utah and Rising being mm. out. And when I saw a Florida team that's about to get the ball back down 10-3, and they gave up a first down because they had two people with the number three jersey on the field, I almost threw my TV remote. I just want to throw that out there. That was that was something. But moving on to the question, overreaction or just about right? Utah has such a good all-around team. They should be the favorites to win the Pac-12 title again. Um, I think it's an overreaction, not on the case that Utah isn't good. Utah looked really good. I think Utah is going to be a good team, especially when they get Cam Rising back. Um, the fact that they were able to do it with their second and third string quarterbacks is impressive against that Florida team. Um, but I don't know, like... While they are very a complete team, and I definitely wouldn't be surprised if they win the Pac-12, I don't think they should be the favorite on the account that I think USC, Washington, and Oregon just, I think their offense can take it to a further level than Utah. And I think that, uh, I don't know if they can just, I don't know if they can hang with them as much this year. It's definitely possible. Uh, again, Cam Rising being 100% from the entire year is a big thing that will impact it. I think they'll be good. I have questions on if they are uh, they can win the Pac-12, and I don't think they've shown enough to be the favorite. So, overreaction. Say overreaction. All right. Yes. Moving on to our last one. Overreaction or just about right? The Dabo Sweeney. Clemson dynasty is over. This is the tough. This is the tough. This is the toughest because it really depends on one thing. And um, you know, I think Josh Pate with on uh, uh, Late Kick Live. You know, I was watching it the other day, and he made a really good point with Dabo. Either he's going to have to adapt to modern college football, specifically the transfer portal, or he's going to have to retire. And I think that's a big thing because, you know, well, I say I think it might be a little overreaction because we are trying to compare a Clemson team, you know, from that, as you point out, the dynasty era. And that's just not what Clemson's always been. Clemson has been a, a mediocre team for most of their existence. And now... You know, they got Dabo, and the big one, you know, was they just, uh, they had more talent than everyone, and, you know, they're still recruiting well. I don't, I don't know what it is, 
You know, maybe the loss of Brent Venables was that big. You know, I don't know. Um, I'd say I don't. It's definitely the most fringe one. I'd say it's not an overreaction. I think it's definitely possible that Clemson's able to get back to where they were, but it'd have to um, require Dabo Sweeney to have a complete change in his philosophy and go out and get the offense, uh, the offensive players through the transfer portal, specifically on the offensive line and biggest of all, the wide receiver room. It was not good. It was, the wide receiver room was bad. It was very bad. It's I, I been bad for a while. A lot of drop balls. It was it was it was a pain to watch. It's as bad as Cade Klubnik was. Yeah. There were a lot of drop passes. It's crazy. I mean Cade Club yeah, that's what I mean. A lot of drop passes. I mean and Cade Klubnik every time he it looked like he was gonna throw it further than fifteen yards, it looked like it was gonna get picked off. Which is not good, okay? I mean Will Shipley is by far and away your best player, okay? Oh, oh, 100%. He looked great. But the difference between this Clemson team and the Clemson team in the past, you know, you would have a really good player and you'd have multiple other weapons. There is no, I mean, you know, Travis Etienne, I guess Will Shipley, okay, boom, there. There's no uh, Hunter Renfro, okay, who was not, you know, a massive recruit. He was a guy that they developed and turned into a good player, you know, a really reliable player. So there's no Sammy Watkins on this team. There's no DeAndre Hopkins. Um, there's no T. Higgins. Uh, there's no, I mean, when he was healthy, Justin Ross. There are, there just isn't that player on this Clemson team, you know, and for the first time in a while, Clemson hasn't also had another quarterback, you know, that you could rely on. You know, um, you know, there is no DJ Uwe on the left for his flaws. He looked great against Oregon State, though, I will say. So, I don't know. I think it will really depend on what Dabo does. But if he does not adapt to the transfer portal, I don't think it's an overreaction to say that the Clemson dynasty is dead. All right. Well, that wraps up our first edition. Overreaction or just about right. Just going to walk through a couple of things by myself, just some other quick stories to think about going into next week before we move into our next segment. Um, Duke, possible ACC championship run. Jalen Milrow. Possibly the next great quarterback in Alabama. That remains Saturday. And last but not least, this one I say for you, Michael. Michael Penix did show big Penix energy. 450 <laughs> and five touchdowns this week. Great to see the Pac-12 13-0 and 0 after week two. Looking great. And um, yeah, now moving on to our next segment. And also another brand new segment. We're going to take a look at the new top 25 every week. Also, quick shout out, we're going to be posting our own edits of our each five that we're going to post once. But as to the segment, this segment is going to be called Too Much or Not Enough. We're going to ask ourselves if the switch of positioning of these top 25 was too high 
or not enough. And I think perfect team to start off is Clemson. And I'm going to go as far to say as not enough. Not yeah, one. Are we talking thing, about the AP top twenty-five? We're talking about the AP top. 25. Okay, that's one. Not I'm one sure. thing Clemson did on Monday night makes me believe they should be ranked anymore, and I don't believe they should be. I think the move to twenty-five was harsh by the AP, and I think it's justified. And I think they should be out of the top twenty-five. I would love to see a team like Iowa take that spot, who had a decently good offensive week, which I've never been able to say about Iowa. You know. I don't like them still being here. I think they should be out. So I'm going to say not enough. Michael, what do you think? Uh, I would agree. Uh, you know, we'll go over our top 25 potentially um, in this episode. I do not have uh, Clemson on my top 25. And if we don't go over the top 25, the top 25 will be on the socials with a graphic. You know, we're getting big time. But yeah, uh, I do not have Clemson on my top 25. Uh, they were left out, and frankly, there was nothing, as you point out, there's nothing this week to me that would suggest that Clemson is a top 25 team. Uh, their offense did not look good. And for a defense that was, you know, touted as really good. I thought their corners, for the most part, looked all right. I thought their defensive line was pretty decent. But, you know, for a team that had such great linebackers, that was by far and away their biggest strength coming into this year with multiple all uh, uh, preseason All-Americans in that linebacking room. Um, they just weren't that great. And the fact that Clemson's defense really could not tackle is extremely weird and was a you know a big reason why they lost. I mean, that Riley Leonard touchdown run should have been a sack, but they couldn't wrap him up. And then they looked like oh it's just going to be a thirty yard run. And then the corner takes a bad route or the safety whoever it was takes a bad route at at him and he ends up getting a touchdown. Uh, Clemson did not look like a top twenty five team this year uh, this uh, week, and I don't think they should be ranked it. You know. Yeah, I would um, I would have to agree. I both agree on that. Next up, FSU moving from the number eighteen punch up to number four. Too much or not enough? I personally am going to slightly say not enough. As good as Bama looked against Middle Tennessee State, I would put FSU three. I mean, to destroy a ranked team such as they did. And again, LSU might not be what they thought. The level of talent is still there. They had a bad game. So what? Florida State, I mean, they absolutely destroyed LSU. I think moving them into the four spot is the least they could have done. I think they should go right above Bama. Michael, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I would agree. I have uh, Florida State at three on my list as well. Uh, I was high on Florida State. I had them in the top five, but I was also high on LSU. I had them in my top three. Um, and Florida State um, looked like a top three team. I have them as the third team. I thought they were be They looked better than Alabama, and uh, they are, in my opinion, in the tier with Georgia and Michigan. Uh, Florida All State right. looked really good, and I think they should be top three. 
Perfect, perfect. Moving on to our next team, the Ohio State University. Moving from three to five. Too much or not enough? I think it is not enough. I would actually have dropped them all the way to seven and put Penn State and USC up. I, I can't even say the level of competition that USC State played was that much worse than Indiana because Indiana was awful. Their defense, yeah. the plays they made, were, were bad plays made by the quarterback. And, you know, just with how good Penn State looked versus West Virginia, USC having the two wins by big digits, Caleb Williams looking as good as he is, I don't think Ohio State deserved to stay at five. I think they should move all the way to seven. Michael, what do you think? Um, I think that they were a little bit higher than what I had. I had them at six. I didn't have them over USC. I did have them over Penn State. Um, I had, uh, Ohio State at four coming into the week and I dropped them under Alabama and Penn State. Uh, I, looking at the teams, I thought that, um, you know, both teams had questions, um, on, you know, you know, with quarterback and just everything happening. And simply put, Jalen Milrow looked like the better quarterback. And if, not just as a rusher, but as a passer. And if you told me that after one week, you know, Kyle McCord and Jalen Milrow were starters, that uh, Milrow looked like the better passer against Middle Tennessee State um, than Kyle McCord did against Indiana, I thought you'd be crazy. I think what... Ohio State, they have all those wide receivers. Marvin Harrison Jr., he's, you know, people say he's the best player in the, you know, in the nation. You know, what do you have? Two receptions for like 18 yards, whatever? He did not have a good game. Uh, partially, you know, a little bit on him, you know, but a lot on Kyle McCord. Kyle McCord didn't look great. I think they'll bounce back, however. Uh, so I have them at six. I think top five is a little too high for me. And they'll be fine, but, you know, right now, I don't think they're top five. All right, fair enough. And last but not least, LSU moving from 5 to 14. Too much or not enough? I am actually... This is a tough one. I'm actually going to say it was a little bit too much. I would still put them ahead of Utah and Oregon. I have LSU as my 12th ranked team. Yes, they didn't perform great. They did put up a fight. Offense is a lot more question than defense, you know. And Jaden Daniels, what is going on? But either way, I still have them above Utah and Oregon. Michael, what are your thoughts? Uh, I actually agree with the ranking. I have LSU at 14. You know, I was very high on LSU. Um, and it's funny. Uh, uh. You can go back. I was live tweeting a, lot, a few of these games. Make sure you follow the College Football Degenerates podcast. It's at College Football Degenerates on Twitter or X, as some people call it. Um, and uh, for about the first half, I was live tweeting. Second half, you know, I was still definitely obviously watching the game, and I've gone back and rewatched everything in that second half, that huge second half for Fuller State. Um... But, uh, you know, I was looking at, and, I, you know, I tweet out, you know, when they, LSU went up 14-7, uh, I said, uh, LSU up 14-7, Daniels is electric, you know. And after that point, Jalen, Dan, uh, he didn't look good. I don't know why. He just, he didn't look good. He made some 
some pretty bad interceptions that one uh, where they, they ruled him down like he caught it. The Florida State defender caught it, and his knee immediately touched the ground. I mean, that was such a terrible read. I don't know what he was looking at there. I mean, the Florida State guy was just simply in front of him. Um, and so I think LSU will bounce back. But I, I do have them at 14, so I agree with the AP Top 25. All right, fair enough. Well, moving on to the last part of this episode. Obviously, Texas versus Bama is going to be fireworks. But, Michael, I want to challenge you a little bit. To end the episode off, we're each going to give one game that we think is going to be really good this week that is not Texas versus Bama. We both already know how great that game is going to be, the implications. Michael, I'm going to let you go first. What is one game that you think would be amazing? Uh, you know, there's a lot of interesting games. Uh, you know, we're getting also, I mean, it's not being talked about as much. Uh, you know, we've got a good game on Friday, too. Uh, Illinois at Kansas. That's going to be a real good game. There's a lot of really interesting games uh, this week. Um, at all of them, and before before I get into my main answer, okay, I just want to say I don't know if I'm gonna go to the game. I might, I might not. JMU at UVA. I mean, this was a huge game for JMU, as y'all may or may not know. I do go to uh, JMU, and for them to go to Virginia, and they're currently a six point favorite. Uh, and if they could win that game, that would be huge, JMU. Uh, also, I went to their game uh, last week. Again, you got to show love to uh, the team. You know, I cheer for you know. I, I, I you know, I pay tuition here, okay. Uh, and so I'm gonna, I'm gonna support JMU football. Um, Jordan McLeod, the transfer from Arizona. I don't know what in the world was happening. The first like half the game, but we had um, a quarter. His name was um, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Alonzo Barnett. Alonzo Barnett. He was like he was a good rusher. He was a bad passer of the football. Three of 11, 15 yards and in an interception, and that was over a half a play. I mean, it was ridiculous. You put Jordan McLeod in there. He went seven of eleven, 144 yards and two touchdowns. He looked great in my opinion. Um, I think that he, in my in my opinion, he should be the starter for the rest of the season. Uh, he looked great, and I hope he has a great game at UVA. I may or may not be there. I'll let y'all know if I am. Um, but when I look at this schedule, obviously Alabama Texas is going to be a good game. And Oregon at Texas Tech is going to be a great game as well. You would expect after Texas Tech to lose a game that they did, you know, and how they did, that it would be some ridiculous, especially how much Oregon won by. But no, Oregon is only a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Pretty crazy. Um, But I think my pick... Again, and also you got uh, Tulane Ole Miss, which 
probably talk about later. No, no, but, go ahead. Take take all the take all the picks before you make your. No, answer. I'm not. I'm no, not. I'm no, not. It's I'm all not. right. No, no, no take no, all. Okay. Take no, all. No, no, it's fine. no it's I'm fine. highlighting. The, okay, okay, okay. Whatever. No, you know what the team I'm gonna game I was gonna talk about that I I'm excited for. It's Notre Dame at NC State. Okay, I think that's gonna be a great game. Uh, NC State. I thought they they didn't look nearly as good as they should against UConn. UConn. Um, but man, I mean, NC State. I think this is gonna it's gonna be a huge game for them. Uh, can they show they're legit? NC State for the longest time has been a good, not great team. But what they are is they're physical. They're very, they've been a very physical team for the longest time. Uh, Brennan Armstrong, though, he did look good. I mean, 155 yards isn't a lot, but he did have 96 rushing yards and two touchdowns. I think Brennan Armstrong. Uh, is going to be a big um, X factor for this game. I don't know if NC State's going to win. I think it's going to be a good game, however. Uh, really excited for it. Uh, the line is currently Notre Dame uh, minus 7.5. Notre Dame on the road. Um, I think they have the possibility to cover it. Uh, Dell. I would not be surprised if this is like a one-score game, very, very tight, very physical game. I think uh, NC State's going to look to show out. Uh, I think that's going to be a game that I have circled for this week. Fair enough. Well, since we're, we're changing it to highlighting a couple before our main, I'm, I'm just going to okay. throw out there. I think Iowa, Iowa State's going to be a great game. Not fireworks offensively, but huge implication. I think Iowa comes away with a W there. Oh. Shockingly to most people, because of how big the spread is, I think Troy versus Kansas State could be a very interesting game. Troy putting up yeah. 48 points week one. Group of five team could really put up some trouble against Kansas State. Oh, hold on, hold on. One thing about that Iowa-Iowa State game. You know what the over-under for it is? What? 36 and a half. Shoot. That's actually a pretty good if, line. I can see that hitting both the over and the under. It's kind of... I mean, if you like physical football, this is the game for you. Exactly. Um, and then one more before my main one, Washington State, Washington. I mean, not Washington. No, Washington State versus Wisconsin, I mean. Um, yeah. Cameron Ward, I could low-key see them pulling out a W, although they're going to have a tough time stopping the run. Wisconsin's running backs look great. I mean, their backup running back ran for like an 80-yard touchdown. Not even yeah. talking about what Braylon Allen did. But um, my game to look at is Texas A&M. Going to Miami. Is Miami back? We've been asking that question every summer since God knows how long. I think they might be. I, I really don't know who wins this game. Miami looked good week one. Um, Jimbo, Jimbo's Fisher job on the line this season. You know, are they really going to want to pay him out at the end of the year? Just start fresh. Miami, you know, big year for them as well. Culture-defining games. It's it's going to be exciting. Um. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be a great week. Um, I guess before we wrap up, Michael, did you have any? Do you think? I mean, I I kind of want to do. It. I want to kind of want to run through my top twenty-five. Do you got to I mean, you're kind of talking about. It. We're not gonna spend a lot of time, obviously, talking about it. We're gonna do it real quick. Just name the. I'm just gonna name my top twenty-five. You name your top twenty-five. I think we can get it done real quick. Do you think we can? I think we can get it done real quick. All right. Hey, Listeners, don't say I don't ever do anything for y'all. We're getting more content. For you. Right, I'll go first. 
right. At the 25, I got Colorado. You know, I think this is the fairest place for them to be. At 24, I got Iowa. Their defense is legit. I have questions still about their offense. 23, Texas A&M. They look really good. It was against the University of New Mexico. So say what you want. This is going to be a big week for them against Miami. At 22, I have Wisconsin. I had them dropping down two spots. I thought they looked all right, but I think they could have looked better against a Buffalo team that's not that good. At 21, I have Tulane. They stayed the same rankings. Um... I thought they looked pretty good against South Alabama. They definitely could have moved up. It was kind of just more of an indictment of, you know, everything else happening. At 20, I have Duke. Um, Riley Leonard is legit. He might be a Heisman candidate right now, I think. Uh, And Mike Elko, again, as I've said before, he will not be the head coach at Duke very much longer. Somebody's going to go out and get him. At 19, I have Ole Miss jumping up six spots uh, from last week. I had him at 25 last week. Uh, Jackson Dart was the starter. Uh, he looked legit. Um, Ole Miss looked amazing. Uh, Quinshawn Jenkins uh, is uh, still absolutely legit. Uh, and I think they have a really good game against Tulane this week. It'll be a big show. At 18, I have Oklahoma up five spots. Um, their offense answered every uh, question that I have. I mean, and their defense really good. Now, again, Arkansas State, say what you want about them, but there was a lot of people that thought that Arkansas State would cover that 30 and a half. They didn't come close. Um, and respect to Oklahoma for doing that. Uh, Oregon State at 17, I have them jumping up two spots. Uh, DJ Uwe looked really good. Their offensive line also looked really good. Uh, USC doesn't know how a team could hold San Jose State to under 28 points, though. Uh, they are uh, blown away by that. Uh, at 16, I have North Carolina up six spots. Their offense is obviously real. Uh, if their defense is real as well and they're able to get Tess Walker, look out for North Carolina. At 15, I've got Kansas State up one spot. They looked great this week. Uh Against an FCS opponent, but whatever. I have LSU at 14, down 11 spots. I think they'll be fine, but, uh, you know, they got to drop for what they did in that second half. That was pretty bad. At 13, I have Utah up two spots. Uh, I thought they looked quite good against Florida. It wasn't particularly ever close. Uh, They dominated in every facet of the game. Offense, defense, and obviously special teams. Uh, At... Uh, 12, I have Tennessee staying at the same spot. I thought they looked all right against a UVA team that I'm not sure if they'll win a game this season. At 11, I have Notre Dame up two spots. You know, after week zero and week one, Notre Dame, you know, they look quite good. Um, at 10, I have Oregon up one spot. I mean, 81-7 is what they won. Bo Nix looks legit. Their defense is good. Their offensive line, some people might have some questions about it. I thought they went and hit the transfer portal well. Um, and I think it is a pretty good unit. I think Oregon is real. Uh, Washington up one spot. They looked great against Boise State. Um, and Boise State is a pretty good group of five team. Uh, and, you know, as Toby pointed out, Michael Penix Jr. was playing with some big Penix energy. Uh, at number eight, I have Texas up one spot. I thought I had some questions about how they looked against Rice. Uh, I think their rushing attack is going to be a big thing that they'll need to, you know, their offensive line. But I think 
this is a real big season for uh, Texas coming up. Um, I think uh, if they can go out and show it against Alabama, uh, it'll be huge. Uh, at seven, I have USC up one spot. Their offense is real. Caleb Williams, I mean, everything with Travis Hunter and Shador Sanders is obviously real, um, but for the Heisman hype. But uh, Caleb Williams is still the favorite to win it, in my opinion. Their offense is real. I'm going to come down to defense for this season, though. Uh, at six, I have Ohio State down two spots. Uh, you know, I just think that. They'll be end up being fine. They'll get back to where I thought they'd be, but their offense did not look good against Indiana. Um, at five, I have Penn State up two spots. Drew Aller is real. He's legit. Um, I think Penn State's going to have a great year. Four, Alabama Alabama looked great. Defense looked advertised. Offensive line as advertised. Receiver, receivers, you know, it's going to be uh, someone's going to have to step up against Texas. Uh, Jalen Milrow looked really good. However, I have questions about that running back room. Uh, if Jalen Milrow is uh, leading your team in rushing yards this season for Alabama, they're not going to win the national championship. They're not going to win uh, the SEC even. Uh, I think they uh, – I said this earlier. I, I'm not the biggest justice – I mean, um, Jace McClellan guy, I think he's okay. Justice Haynes is the better running back, even as a true freshman. They need to get him into more of the game plan. He's legit. Uh, at three, Florida State up two spots. Uh, they looked really good. Um, they are real. Uh, I don't think they have a particularly real flaw on their team. Um, other than, you know, maybe – are they? They're not the most talented team, I guess you'd say. But after how they played against LSU, I don't think it particularly matters. They're just better. Um, at two, I have Michigan. Um, JJ McCarthy looked real nice. Their defense is still really good. Their offensive line is so good, and their rushing attacks real good. Uh, and then at number one, I still have Georgia. Um, sure, there were some questions. Uh, I thought their um, run blocking could be better. I thought some of the play calling could have been better. I think Carson Beck, he's got a little bit overhated game. I will say, though, I don't think there's a team that has a better pass blocking. In pass blocking, I don't think there's a team better than Georgia. That offensive line is real, and their defense is what we have come to expect. It. That was the fast top 25. Toby, do you want to give your fast top 25? Yeah, I'll give mine um, real quick. I'm going to... I'm going to shock you, Michael, and I'm going to shock the viewers with my 25th okay. team. But number 25, I'm going to go my new favorite to win the Mountain West Conference. Give me Fresno State. Absolute statement win versus Purdue. This offense is electric. And I just want to highlight the teams I have them over, and I have them out of the rankings this week. Um, um, yeah, I have them over Tulane, South Carolina. I mean, that goes without saying. TCU without saying. Who else? And I think the only other team that was Clemson that is wasn't in. But um, but you don't have Tulane in your top twenty-five. I don't have to. I don't. I don't think they looked amazing week one. I don't think they looked good enough to beat Ole Miss. And I actually think oh, Fresno State looked hey, like a better hold team. On, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, all I gotta say is I told you that South Alabama is a good team. I told you that it was a good team. It might be a good team. Here's the thing. South Alabama is not better than Purdue in Fresno State. Yes, yes it was close. Yes, they are. I mean, yes. No, South Alabama would beat Purdue. They'd oh, be. my gosh. Don't bro. No, I mean, Purdue's going to win like three games this year. They lost everything. <laughs> uh, no. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on to 24. Right, that's a, I, I have Iowa. 
you know, offense showed some sparks. Obviously, like their defense, think they're great. Texas A&M at 23, Colorado 22, Duke 21, Wisconsin 20, Ole Miss 19. Offense looks great. Oklahoma 18. I mean, they they absolutely killed Butch Jones's team. I mean, it, it, it was sad. I am crying on the field. It was sad. Oregon State, number 17. DJ looked good, even though he had like seven seconds to pass each time he wanted to. UNC, great win. Then we go Kansas State, 14. Um, Then Oregon, 13. Utah, 12. LSU, 11. Texas, 10. I actually think I have Texas, 11. I think I accidentally skipped over a spot. But Texas, 11. Skipped yeah. over North Carolina. I, I did, oh, yeah. Um, Notre Dame, 10. Tennessee, 9. Washington, 8. Ohio State, 7. USC, 6. Penn State, 5. Alabama, 4. Florida State, 3. Georgia, 2. Michigan, 1. That's, um, that's, a, that's a prank. That's a prank. That's a prank video. I wanted you to hear that. It was emphatic, actually. That was a prank. Michigan. All right, hey, he lying. I mean, there's no way. Not, uh, my, my rankings are my rankings, and, okay. and they're the only actual ones that anyone should listen to. Okay. Is no. George is the okay. worst team to ever play college football. But okay, yeah, there was. Uh, you, you, you were forget. You were forgetting teams, and you want to talk to me about. <laughs> you want to talk to me about what rankings? All right, man. Whatever. All um, right, hey. I want to thank y'all for listening. Uh-huh. I do too. It was um, it was a good episode, Michael. This is this is one thing I want to left I left out that I wanted to tell you. I I hit a twenty dollar to win two hundred prize picks, and I also hit a ten dollar to on, make one hundred. Yeah, I hit, hit three hundred. You, you tagged me three times. Hey, hey, hey! This is my moment. I just want to tell the people that I won three hundred this week betting. Because I am him, and I got surgical, and I'm gonna get surgical again. Give me Eastern Michigan plus thirteen hundred against Minnesota. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> hey, that's all I'm saying. That, that's why we gotta try and do the second episode so we can give the listeners a good play so they can make money. With we're gonna us. try. We're gonna try to make it tomorrow. There's no promises, but we're gonna tr- we're gonna try and make it tomorrow night so we can post it on Friday for y'all. Yeah. But so, um. But yeah. Once yeah. again, it was a pleasure, Michael. As always, listening to your cold takes. Wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, yeah. Uh, your, your ridiculous takes, okay? I mean, these are some hot garbage takes. Okay, that's one thing. I mean, you know, okay, yeah. Ugh, There's no man. world where Michigan's better than Georgia, but whatever. All right. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, make sure to follow the socials at College Football Degenerates. Uh, this has been Michael Ahern. Uh, Kobe Giuliano. Uh, as my co-host, man, it was great. Uh, make sure you show, share this with your friends too. Uh, all right, well, goodbye.